Welcome to the Sunday Times Politics Weekly, where we unpack the big political stories of the week. My name is Mike Siluma. Let's welcome my guest this week, Mawanda Mashabalala, Sunday Times political journalist, and uh, Sbongagonke Wagashoba, Sunday Times politics editor. Uh, leading our top stories this week will be the appearance of President Cyril Ramaphosa before the State Capture Commission, and then we will also be looking at uh, the latest in relation to the step-aside saga uh, that's playing itself out in the ANC. And uh, lastly, we'll ask uh, what use are qualifications in politics? You know, why have uh, has the DA tied itself in knots uh, trying to deal with the issue of qualifications for some of their members. This icon is racist. I have never ever been a spy. Can the PBS bank uh, loot? The problem is that pinky. I will never subject myself to whiteness. I'm listening. Can you have consistency, Honorable Chair? Corruption was an Olympic sport. They will always win gold. This is not a arms. Can you please come in? Let's start at the commission. We're happy to welcome once more uh, Mawande, uh, Mawande Mashabalala. Uh, you've been watching uh, the president's uh, presentation at the commission, uh, Mawande. Uh, but wh- why was he there? Wh- what was the purpose of his being there for two days? Thanks very much, Pramak, for the invite once again. Well, uh, the, the president was, was there for two simple reasons. Uh, one, uh, as, as a former deputy president of the ANC, you would remember that he was elected to that position in 2012 until 2017 when he was elected as president. And then also now as the president of the ANC uh, since 2017. On, on, the, on, on his cap as the uh, ANC uh, former deputy president, he was there to account on all the allegations of state capture that happened during the time in which he was deputy president of the party, as to what did the party do at the time, and him personally as a member and a leader of the party, what did he do to try to stop all the uh, issues of the Guptas who had uh, influence over government contracts, over government decisions, over appointments in government and state-owned companies. And now he was there as the current president of the ANC, to 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 tell the commission as to what he has done, what his party has done since 2017, having uh, been uh, in charge since then, which is about three years now, uh, because you'd remember that the conference that elected him had acknowledged that there is this problem of corruption and state capture, had actually emphasized and pushed for the establishment of the commission when there was a bit of skepticism by then in the president, uh, former president, uh, Jacob Zuma. So those were mainly the areas that the commission wanted to convert. Of course, uh, broken down into different uh, small uh, things. Now, Maunde, I wanted to ask you, 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 you asked two questions. The question that relates to, first, what did he do as deputy president and what he did what he's doing now as president of, of the ANC. Let, let's start with the, for now, uh, with what, what did he do, the, to answer the question, what did he do as deputy president? Did we get a clear answer there? In other words, what did he do to stop state capture as deputy president? Mm. 
Well, they, of course, they, they, they are mixed feelings uh, from people generally when one observes. And, and, you know, also one, when he was listening to him, you, you would see that uh, somewhere he, he does take... Of course, what I must say that I comment uh, from the president of the ANC about what he did as the deputy president of the is that he admits at least, uh, unlike some, that there was state capture and corruption. And then he, he goes on to to say where he was directly involved, for, for instance, when he's asked about matters of him being the chairperson of the political committee in parliament and being uh, the, 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 the chairperson of the NC deployment committee where he, it's, he's directly involved, it does admit that there were shortcomings in terms of how uh, those particular structures conducted their business. And uh, But he does justify such that, of course, at the time as a deputy president, you can only have so much power if there is a president who was as uh, powerful and, and, and fully had a hold on a party like uh, former President Zuma. Really, uh, in all fairness, there's only very little that a deputy president who has ambitions to ascend to the top job of a president can do to, to, to stop them. So, so th- those are the things. But, you know, people may be a bit harsh and say, but he was supposed to do something, was supposed to forget about his ambitions. But <laughs> reality of politics is that when you are an ambitious politician, you will do everything to safeguard your ambitions. It's a matter now of debate as to whether is it morally, you know, astute to, to put your own interest uh, ahead of those of the country. But then again, the question arises, had he put his, uh, uh, you know, the interest of the country ahead and starts challenging uh, former President Zuma, uh, would he, would we be here to start with? Would he be president? Would we be having this commission that was taken because of his victory in Nazareth? So those are the questions, and it's, it's a complexity of the old whole issue. Of course, as I say, there's little that he did as deputy president to stop Zuma, but I think there is a justifiable justification as to he was waiting for his time and at least now during his time we can see movements of trying to correct all the wrongs uh, that went on under former president Zuma Pramik. Uh, uh, do, do, do you want to come in here? Man? Uh, the, the, do you buy the proposition that, that, that has just been allowed, you know, outlined uh, by Mawande that, that, that he needed to keep his head uh, low uh, below the parapet uh, and bide his time so that you know he can you know to, which would put he would then put him in in a position to challenge for the for the presidency when when, when the opportunity came up or uh, should we be saying though even though he was deputy president he should be able today to say mina as deputy president of the anc i saw state capture and i tried to do the following things uh but mike if it was part of a long-term strategy it's a long-term strategy that uh, let the country down it let all of us down um because had that president ramaphosa spoken out when all these things were happening um some of them wouldn't have happened um remember the, the time when uh, president zuma uh, removed Pravin Gordon. Um, uh, President, President Ramaphosa um, and other officials spoke out, um, and, and and that gave us some kind of confidence that there there are still people at Lutuli House who who really care about um, the, the people and want to put us first, and who are willing to stop any wrongdoing. And for him to for him to adopt that long term strategy 
of of being complacent and 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 watching over Zuma run rampage, he, he really let let the country down. And and if this is how our politics are and 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 how our politicians are supposed to operate in order to to survive, then it's a it's it's a real shame. And 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 I think that. Um, should have um, uh, garnered in- enough courage um, to, 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 to stand up to President Zuma, lobby as many ANC leaders as possible. We've seen that it is possible for that to happen. It did happen um, eventually, but I-, I think that it should have happened much earlier. Mm-hmm. My, my, my wonder that there, there, there are people who are saying that he got off. In fact, I saw two versions. The one version said, uh, uh, Zondo uh, turned the screws on, on Cyril Ramaphosa, I understand, particularly in relation to Qaeda deployment. And then I saw another view uh, that said that he got off lightly, that he was handled with kid gloves. Well, what's your view? Do you think uh, Deputy Chief Justice Zondo was, you know, uh, and, 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 and the evidence leaders uh, chose to, or they were in fact uh, going soft on him because of his status as president? Yeah, no, the, the views out there, Pramike, are quite interesting on this testimony. You know, just on a lighter note, I even had uh, uh, some people saying this was uh, an audition for, for the Deputy Chief Justice, uh, for the uh, Chief Justice positions. <laughs> but, you know, people will always uh, talk. But in my view, Pramike, uh, is that there was nothing wrong with how uh, this thing uh, happened. First of all, the, the, the commission had no reason uh, to be hostile uh, towards uh, President Ramaphosa as, as, a, as a party leader, because for starters, especially in, as it relates to his role in the party, he has never in that commission been implicated personally. That is for, uh, for, for one. So if someone is not implicated, there was never going to be a direct question. Well, he has been to a degree implicated about issues of Bosasa and his CR-17 funding, but that is a debatable issue, an issue that is also undergoing, uh, you know, uh, uh, court processes. So I, I wouldn't go there that much. But other than that, he has never been implicated to have been complicit, complicit as in to have been implicated. Yes, complicity is an issue of the whole ANC that they just stood there and watched as uh, things uh, went, went wrong. And I feel that the commission questioned President Ramaphosa on all the issues of complicity that affected him and I feel that it questioned him on even issues that don't affect him as, as, as a party, the ANC as a whole. For instance, the issue of deployment committee is not an issue of an individual. It's an issue, it's an organizational issue. That structure doesn't have one person, it's got a couple of people. But he still accounted, of course, the, as you say, there's a view that he defended the party. I would have never expected any <laughs> a party man, especially a sitting president of an organization, to disassociate himself completely from uh, uh, such an arrangement. Uh, he justified it, uh, you know, stating issues of transformation, but he did say that there are wrongs in the way in which cadre deployment is done in the ANC. He even uh, gave solutions of what he is trying to do uh, in his current administration, uh, talking about the issue of professionalizing public service and, 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 and all those issues. So I feel, Pramak, there was no kids' gloves uh, there was a bit of, uh, you know, uh, grilling that went on. There were times where you could see that he struggles, he, he actually stutters and, and thinks hard before giving answers. Even on the issue of the CR-17 uh, uh, campaign funding of his, the questions that he was asked, I felt that they were proper and they put him in a corner such that I feel, although he gave an answer that has been in the public domain, there were uh, elements of new answers 
that are up for further scrutiny going forward by ourselves as the media and, and general public as a whole. So I, I feel it was quite a fair and 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 and, and a proper you know appearance and and the commission in itself conducted itself in a, in a professional manner. There's no need to be a hostile. It's not a court of law. The person was appearing was appearing to assist in a fact finding mission, not to answer for wrongdoings that are alleged against him. Of course with the exception of the CR-17, which he was questioned of. And many people, uh, Dumseya, had said that he, it was most likely that the commission was going to evade asking him about the CR-17. But he was asked, and the, 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 that particular topic was traversed for a, a substantial amount of time. I felt that they gave it the time that it deserved for my so, so, so the the the, the in addition to to the to the CR seventeen issue and the deployment cater deployment issue, there was also the issue of the role of the ANC in in uh, parliamentary oversight of the executive. What what did he have to say about that? Yeah, well, on on that one, Pramak, I must say I, I, that is one area where I was particularly not. Uh, uh, you know, satisfied with how we handled it. In fact, most of the time, I couldn't uh, even make up what exactly he was trying to say. You know, about about Parliament, and I feel like that was the same with other ANC leaders that have appeared uh, before on that particular question, such as the ANC National Chairperson Guedemantashe. They make all sorts of excuses. They have this thing that they talk about, which they say was a decision that was taken a long time ago to make Parliament an activist parliament, but one question that all of them, including President Ramaphosa, struggle to tackle on the issue of the failures and shortcomings of the ANC in parliament is why did it only take until 2017? You'd remember there is that pending question of the inquiry that was suggested by the TA as early as, I think, 2013-2014 on uh, establishing an inquiry of parliament to probe the allegations against the Kuktas. And at the time, the ANC rejected the proposal. The ANC, in fact, made a counter motion which said, no, let's leave these issues of the allegations of the Kuktas and their shenanigans in the SOEs to state uh, enforcement agencies. And, and he was questioned on that. And I feel the, the, the weakness with the counter motion, of course, they justified President Ramaphosa says that decision uh, was on the basis that the ANC itself uh, didn't have the capacity, the investigative capacity to do these things. And also Parliament had its own shortcomings of uh, restricted uh, budget. So they felt that uh, law investments and, and charter land institutions are better placed and more resource to do these things. But in my mind, what they forgot is that the same state institutions like the NPA, those were, they had heads of people who were beholden to the same guy who was alleged to be the mastermind of the mm. state capture and, and corruption in public service. So I feel he there he, he really was underwhelming. He was not convincing at all. Like as I say, all others like Wedemantaji who've appeared in before. And I think there that is where every ANC leader must take the fall that they failed through parliament, which is packed by representatives to more than 250 at the time who were elected by millions and millions of South Africans. They failed to do their job in holding their uh, erratic president at the time accountable. And I feel President Ramaphosa failed dismally in addressing that question. And and then he, he apologized for, for the failures. Were you convinced by the, by, by the apology, you know? No, of course, Primark, uh, as I said already, that because he is not an implicated party, perhaps if he was mm. an implicated party, I was going to say, no, the excuses don't fly. 
you know, because what I like about his apology, first of all, I like that he admits that these things did happen. He's not saying, no, no, but what is the state capture thing? This thing doesn't exist. He admits that state capture exists, he admits that corruption exists, and it did happen in, in the past administration. And then he makes apologies on behalf of the ANC. And you see, there's nothing as brave, dramatic, and as painful as making apologies on behalf of, uh, last time I checked, about a million ANC members and millions of its supporters and millions of its voters, because those are the people who was talking on whose behalf and apologizing. For some of them, they are not even apologetic, especially those that are implicated who continue to dismiss uh, the issue of state capital, who continue to dismiss allegations uh, of corruption. So I admire that. I, but most particularly, uh, what was important for me is that he took and put his head on the block with specific issues, which I think will be critical. The solutions that he put on the table as to what he the ANC that he leads is doing and is planning to do to make sure that this thing, the history doesn't repeat itself. For me, that was uh, what was my takeaway in that he has specific solutions that South Africans, if they are serious and want to see this country being led by uh, upright people, can hold him accountable. Of, for instance, next year, people can start asking to say, but when you appeared at the commission, you said the ANC has one, two, three as solutions to to make sure that corruption and is kept and state capture doesn't happen again. What how far have you done? And and so on. 2023, when he goes to 2024 elections, say he, he got he gets the second term as NC president. Those are the questions that I feel South African must press him on and make him feel the pressure that you made a commitment. You made commitments that you will run things in a different way. So do as as you said. So I think for me that will be. Uh, that history is the one that will ultimately judge him personally as to his uh, uh, legacy as an NC president. Mm. Is, is making reference to history not repeating itself and, and uh, Cyril Ramaphosa making undertakings to fix things. Should we take him at his word? I, I fully agree with, uh, with, with Mawande. Um, South Africans should hold them accountable. Um, South Africans should ask him those difficult questions when he comes uh, begging for votes um, at, at the next general elections or, or even in, in, in these local government elections when he comes to them and says uh, vote for the ANC. South Africans should ask him why do we still have uh, corrupt people in, in, in positions? What have you done? And um, what, what steps have you taken to make sure that uh, such people are not uh, entrusted with, uh, with, with public funds? And, 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 and those are the questions that he should be able to answer uh, when he goes there and, 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 and have a proper plan to say, this is what I've done and this is what I plan to do uh, going forward. Will, will he be able to, 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 to win against uh, uh, a, a culture that is so entrenched uh, within his, his, his own party. And it remains to be seen, Brian Mike. We, we, we are waiting to see if he'll be able to deliver on his promises. And meanwhile, back at uh, Lutuli House, uh, there's a litmus test uh, awaiting him uh, with regards to the step-aside uh, resolution. Uh, what, 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 what is likely to happen? How is that? Because now the time period, you know, the grace period, you know, which uh, those who were supposed to step aside uh, were, were given has run out. What, what is likely to happen now? Mike, um, the deadline was yesterday. Um, 
the, the 30 days for Isma Kashule expired uh, on the 29th. And today is the 30th, and there is still no word from Lutuli House whether Isma Kashule is going to step down or not. He has still not completed um, his um, consultation process. He has yet to meet with President, uh, with former President Thabo Mbegi. He is yet to meet with former President Khalima Mutlante. So that means his uh, his uh, consultation pro- process has has not been completed, and that is going to be his excuse if you were to call him now and ask him if he's going to step down or not. No, he's going to say, no, I am not done with this consultation process. And when I'm done, I'm going to go and inform the president. That's what he told us last week, that when he's done with uh, talking to the former leaders, he will go and inform President uh, Ramaphosa about his decision. But this is what is going to happen, Pramayik. Um, the list of, of, of people who are affected by the step-aside rule have reached Lutuli House, and, and that... And, and that list will then be tabled by to, uh, before the National Working Committee on Monday for them to process it. And then we expect that next week we're going to have uh, the National Executive Committee, which will then um, issue instructions about who should step aside. Step aside. But there are still issues, by Mike, around um, how do you implement? What about the timeframes? What about the cases of people who were um, who, 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 who accused of corruption um, before this rule came into effect? What about people who were accused of corruption in the 90s and in the 2000s? Um, uh, the people who, who, who served their time, what about them? Does it also apply to them as well? And what is the, what is the, and also they need to iron out details about the, the period that someone steps aside, do you wait for a court case or do mm. you set a time frame to say, no, you can only step aside for six months and if your case has not been completed, then you can come back. So it's going to be, a, 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 it's still a long road to go, Mike. And I know that uh, Paul Mashatil is working on those details and um, he will table them at, at the next NEC meeting. Mm. You, do, you, you don't think that we will end up getting to the NGC? Uh, be, without this issue being resolved. It's, it seems to be taking so long and going round and round. Remember, Mike, the, the decision for people to step aside was taken last day in August. Um, and if you count, that's more than six months. Um, and, and, and the way Sir Ramaphosa presented the decision to us, it was as if it was something that's going to happen immediately. But yeah. <laughs> it has taken quite a long time. And, 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 and it also speaks to what uh, Mawande has been talking about, about uh, why... Uh, uh, decisions of the ANC take so long uh, to be implemented, take five years. Uh, if you look at the, their, their decision to say parliament would be an activist parliament, it took them four or five years to do that. And yeah. now with this step aside, we can expect the same. Who knows? Maybe we'll reach the next conference and um, and, and, and people will not have stepped aside. Yeah, yeah. Before we close off, this issue that's brewing in the DA about qualifications, you know, leaders' qualifications. What should should Mawande? Do you think that that academic qualifications should matter, or is this just a storm in a teacup? No, no, no. They should. They should, Pramike, uh, uh, especially among leaders, because leaders are a mirror to society. You know, we we will never. We must never is seen to encourage a culture whereby the people from which the society members of society mirror themselves on are seen to be you know uh, uneducated education is very important not only for increasing the prospects of of, of formal employment but just for uh, you know also encouraging and and and, and being a, a fertile ground for critical thinking which would help this country in holding especially the same politicians 
accountable uh, with critically thinking, with critical analysis of the decisions uh, that they make in the positions that they are elected to. So issues of qualification, Brahman, they are important, which is why there is always, almost every year in this country, even outside politics, scandals of people having uh, fake qualifications, having stated qualifications that they don't have. Because those leaders themselves understand uh, that, especially in South Africa, which had uh, historical reasons where uh, black people were especially excluded uh, from certain uh, qualifications. And then there was that uh, zeal uh, in this democratic dispensation for everyone to, 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 to school themselves. So uh, it is very important. And when leaders uh, fake or state qualifications that they don't have, it must be frowned upon. As it relates to the DA, the DA was correct in frowning upon uh, uh, they are former leader now of the Western Cape, Bungo uh, Smatigizela, uh, uh, for stating a qualification that he did not have, or for keeping quiet because he has excuses about where, how that was stated, but he knew that he stated qualification that he doesn't have. Natasha Mazzoni as well, the same spirit should have applied. Also on the internet, his, her profiles, he, she stated a qualification that she doesn't have, and I feel the DA should have uh, you know, applied the same spirit as it did with Matigizela, who was held to account correctly so, but it would seem that the DA, as it relates to its chief whip, is is really going the direction of the ANC, where the ANC went under former President Zuma, where a posi- your, the position that you hold in the party guarantees you evasion of uh, scrutiny and accountability, and I feel that is wrong, but the DA has been on this self-mutilation process in any case since the taking out mm. of their former leader Musmaiman. So one is not mm. surprised at all by the events uh, unfolding in the day. I think it's the beginning of the end for them. Mm. Uh, last word to you, uh, Sponga Wonke. Uh, better education, better politics, just very quickly. Uh, of course, Bramaika, I, I fully agree with Mawande. You, you, you need um, um, uh, leaders who, because they are the middle of society and they are, they are also public figures, and they're also role models to a certain extent to some people and and and, mm-hmm. and you need educated leaders in order for you to also encourage um, um uh, the youth to to aspire to achieve certain uh, uh, levels in life and and we are a country with uh, with skill shortages uh, Mike. We've, we've, we've got the shortages of of engineers and the ict sector and 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 you need young people to 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 to, to aspire to to go to to universities and, and, and acquire these skills, and if you have leaders who who who, who, who show uh, uh, disregard for education, who ask people what has your degree done for you, that's a real that that, that yeah that's a real shame, yeah. and and and, and it, the DA should be acting as Mawanda is saying against his chief whip uh, Natasha Mazzoni, even for that comment as well. Okay. All right. Uh, Folks, that's all we have time for on the Sunday Times uh, Politics Weekly this week. Uh, I'd like to thank my guests, political journalist Mawanda Mashabalala, together with uh, Spangagonke Shoba, who's, of course, the Sunday Times Politics Editor. And by the way, catch our podcast on iono.fm, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, stay safe, sanitize, wear the mask, and avoid crowded places. My name is Mike Siluma, signing off.